Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're live here on WYSL, which means that you, the listener, can call in. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're live until 1 p.m. So give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion. Now, normally, this is the point where I'd say, and you can comment in on Facebook, too, but it looks like Facebook is in the middle of some... You know, big outage. I am not able to stream live on any of my pages, uh, including Twitter and YouTube for some reason. So for now, we're totally dark on on, on our normal streaming channels. And, and for folks uh, who normally listen in on there, you know, we'll try to get that up as soon as possible. But in the meantime, you know, you keep listening here wherever you listen to on the radio or WYSL1040.com or, or wherever you're listening to. Thanks for being here. Shout out down the line to our friends. Listening a little bit later over at WACK out in Newark. Appreciate you guys as well. Um, so a couple different issues we want to talk about today. There's, you know, ironically, I was going to talk about some Facebook news a little bit later. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with this right now. But Facebook has been dragged in front of Congress once again for some hearings on what they're doing. And we'll talk about that. And you know, I hope to do another deeper dive episode uh, on that issue later on. Because we continue to see more, more and more of a public policy shift in a way that I don't, I don't particularly like or care for, but on both re- left and right about regulating technology firms like Facebook, like Google, and also like Amazon, um, there's a an increasing populist consensus on the left and right to control them in different ways, and even if you don't like what these companies do. I don't particularly want their platforms to be micromanaged by the Elizabeth Warrens of the world or the Josh Hollies of the world, whoever. Just imagine the worst the worst political person that you can, left or right, wherever you're sitting right now, but the complete opposite of you having control over those companies. Um, do you want that? Does that make sense? It's not just your person who's going to be in charge and in power. Anyway, not, not the main thing. I wasn't going to lead off with that, though. Um, and I did want to lead off with with actually, you know, another uh, interesting story that I I started to to talk about on Friday as I was starting to talk about with uh, with Tim with fake news. And, you know, I, I like to bring these up every once in a while because I think literacy around these these subjects is important, and it's something that I'm sure you've seen. I thought about, caught my attention, right? Um, so there's this study that came out, uh, and and the the headline of the study is really a uh, you know, eye uh, eye catching, and it basically it said that the uh, risk for hospitalization for young men, specifically uh, twelve to I think seventeen, was what it was, was higher by getting the vaccine than it is by getting COVID. Now, the interesting thing about this study is, well, there's a couple things. Well, one, it's there's there's a few legit doctors. You know, you you, you can look at some of these studies and you think, all right, well, like. That that person they they either have no published work or their published work is 
bizarre and just kind of easy to dismiss those. This person, it's there's a few legit folks and then one person who's a little bit sketchy. But you you, you read the study and it starts to you know make sense initially, right? And, and I saw a whole bunch of folks share it. I, I almost shared it. I was like, oh wow, this, this is this is interesting, and and this certainly would change my calculus on it, right? But the problem with this study was is that it wasn't a study that took into account data gathered by hospitals. Uh, it took into account data gathered by the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System, right, V-A-E-R-S, right? So a bunch of people sharing this is like, oh, my goodness, the, if, you, if you're getting your, your teenage boy uh, the, the jab, you know, it's more dangerous. They're more likely to end up in the hospital or whatever. Okay, two things about this. So one, either way, even using VAERS data compared to the hospitalization, you're, the, the risk of someone – and specifically it was uh, for, for heart-related issues, the, um, the heart swelling, right, which you know, kind of went around as uh, affecting them. This is a super important thing to, to figure out, right? Like is the vaccine and or the virus causing dangerous heart swelling? Worth looking into. If that, if that was a thing, if it is a thing – like that's something that people should know that 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 does change the calculus, and that's why I looked into it. It's like, all right, you know, if this affects you know young men of these ages, if they open up this to to you know my you know younger son, is this an increased risk for him? Right? Important data for parents to know. But you look into the study, and and you see again the risk is very 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 low of even the data that they used to to say that. It's causing these young men to go into the hospital, just a small fraction of percent. Now, I, I would pull up the exact data, but it, it, I very foolishly had it as a saved article on Facebook, and now I can't open my Facebook. So I can't pull up the actual article that I planned on talking about. But I'll link to it in on my page a little bit later. Uh, so go to Kevin Wilson uh, Libertarian page or the Free Solution page. Either way, no, it's, it's out there. Um, or it will be once Facebook comes back. Maybe it'll never come back be better off with that? I don't know. Um, well, I certainly wouldn't be. That's how I make my living. But anyway, so the, the, the data that they pulled from this is that they used this, the, the VAERS data. And the problem with the VAERS data, as we kind of talked about before, is that it's self-reported. So the issues that people report related to this can be useful for people reporting a bunch of adverse effects and seeing a bunch of stuff come up quick. And in maybe it's something that then doctors and, and medical professionals and researchers have to go back and say, okay, did that event actually happen? And if that event actually happened, was it connected to a vaccine, right? So if, if someone takes a vaccine and then they die three days later and they're 95 years old, was it related to a vaccine or did they pass away from something else right because people who are who are that old you know that that can happen they they have a lot of different reasons why why people can die at that age but so the thing that I look into with this is again is this legit this this study does not answer that question the study doesn't answer the question of whether or not your teenager your specifically teenage boys are at greater risk because we don't know if these cases are being way overcounted in bears or even undercounted. It's still an ongoing thing. It's still something that's being researched. Um, and I mean, the FDA seems to think that it's fine, at least for emergency youth authorization, that the danger of getting COVID, getting the long-term effects of COVID is far greater than 
the relatively small danger of seeing an adverse effect from the vaccine. And that's the type of risk weighing that we need to, to take into account all the time. Again, same thing, you know, like uh, if w- w- when I was a teenager, right, I played I played soccer. That's why I did. I know that that is dangerous. I had friends who would tear their ACL. I had friends who, you know, or I've seen people get concussions in soccer. You can get injured in that game. Is the trade-off for potentially getting injured, which is probably a lot higher than the, the potential for an injury for a vaccine in most cases, is that trade-off worth it for me to go out and play and you know, learn the lessons of participating in team sport and getting exercise and just having fun? Is that worth the risk? Well, yeah, in that case, yeah, it's worth the trade-off for me. Uh, if I need to drive to the emergency room, there's a chance that I could hurt myself on the way to the emergency room by getting in a car accident. Is it worth the risk of going to the emergency room if I'm facing a legitimate medical emergency? Well, yeah. And so that's the trade-off you make with these vaccines, too. You say, okay, is the risk of getting COVID, potentially getting the same heart swelling issues, potentially getting the same blood clot issues with COVID, which are a lot higher risk with getting that, is that worth getting the vaccine? Maybe. You know, again, I, I don't presume to know you, but so far the research seems to suggest probably in most cases. And then the studies like this, you know, which, again, caught my attention. And initially I was like, whoa, wow, this is this is a big finding. This is huge. Like, we should know about this. I, I looked into a little bit further and, oh, actually, this doesn't, this doesn't actually make as much sense as I thought it did. This ended up being kind of fake news. And that, that's the tough part with this. But, but the way the news media reported on this is, is exactly that. You get the study, it has this headline, says this thing. Now, the, the, the pro-vax side and the anti-vax side, they both do this thing where they, they take this headline and study. It's, it's something that is bothering me more and more. Whenever I see any news story reporting on any medical study, go in and actually like look at what the medical study says. Because half the time, the medical study doesn't even say what the news report says. They took like a clip of this, of whatever study, and... Sometimes that you look into the actual details, you can even read in the abstract, and it's like, well, this is you know something that's worth studying further. We saw this correlation here, but uh, you know this was a, a you know data research study, and we need to do further experimentation, or we need further studies. It, it, you dive into the details, and it, it can you get these silly headlines that are like, you know, uh, drinking one coffee a day prevents heart disease or something stupid like that. No, it, whenever you see that stuff, it's clickbait. You got to look into what the actual stuff is. If, if don't don't trust these clickbaity mainstream media articles to make significant medical decisions about your life, for vaccines or what you eat. And just remember, the, the studies they are constantly changing on this stuff. So if you want to make informed decisions about your life, don't do it on clickbaity articles. Got to look into what these things actually say. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. Again, if you want to call and participate, I don't have any commenters today. If you want to call and participate in the show, give us a call. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Be back in just a few minutes on a free solution. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. 
They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Live on WYSL until 1 p.m. That means that you, the listeners, can call us, call in, chat with me, tell me what's on your mind. What important stories am I missing today? We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Just on radio today. Just, uh, just, just going back to... Uh, just going back to the audio medium, you, uh, folks who normally get to see my face on Facebook and and YouTube and Twitter can't today. Sorry, it's just radio. You can see that I, I put on a nice WYSL shirt and my Bills hat. Celebrate the Bills victory yesterday. You're missing out. Not getting the whole thing. It's all right. We try to put a good show on for you for radio too. The uh, the 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 video stream isn't necessary for this content. But anyway. Speaking of incomplete data, there was a new study that came out, well, an evaluation of, uh, of police fatalities is uh, done by The Lancet, which is interesting. Again, I am not versed enough in – I'll put the, the asterisk. I, I don't know like if they're missing some stuff. They should have checked some other things, whatever. But basically – when we evaluate the number of people who are killed by police, rightly or wrongly, since 1980, 1980 through 2019, uh, it appears, based on this study, which again I will post the the link to the social media channels uh, when they go back up, but it appears that they were way undercounted significantly. They said that they estimated that there were 30,800 30, deaths caused by police in those decades uh, total, and that is more than twice as much as was reported in kind of official government um, uh, statistics. About police violence, the National Vital Statistics System, so NVSS, you'll see that in some of the articles. That's what they're referring to, National Vital Statistics System. So basically what they had to do was they went around the, the country, looked at state police departments, local police departments, compared that to nonprofit databases about like local uh, you know, uh, counting of people who were killed by police. And again, they, they figured out that of all the, of all these deaths, they, they, they undercounted by you know, quite a bit, almost half. And and that's something else to keep in mind when, when we're looking at, like, public policy issues, police issues, is, is not to say that, like, every every data point is invalid. It's just that we have to consider that we don't have the full picture. And the other thing that we have to consider here is, like, well, why were these undercounted? And, and I don't know 
at least I haven't seen in in the part of the study that I've read. I have to go and reread it a bit more closely, but I haven't seen anything in this to suggest why that is the case. You know, we know that like there is a lot of deaths that were you know undercounted in some states over others. You know, there's uh, like the like the state of Oklahoma seems to have undercounted by a lot. Other states, New York seemed to get it, you know, closer to right, but not really close enough to right. Uh, closer to right in, well, actually, no, it's 50% off in, in, in some categories. Non-Hispanic white, like 50-ish percent off. Non-Hispanic black, same thing. Um, states like Maine, maybe a little bit closer, but there, you have to wonder why. So, like, I... Would want to. I bring this to your attention just because this is something I want to look into over the next few weeks. Because if people are being killed by police, that's something that we should know and evaluate. So, like, why? Like, what what crimes were they committed? Uh, were they committing when this happened? Were they committing crimes? Was this related to any specific set of laws? And then why weren't they being counted? As police deaths, and in Oklahoma, it's the misclassification rate was eighty three point seven percent. And what what happens a lot of times is like someone might like die in a police related incident, but they they misattribute it to something else. So and often you know it could be like the uh, the medical examiner is doing this because that's what like the official statistics look into. So why is that happening? Is it a political thing associated with elected coroners? Is it the police department misclassifying stuff? It's local politicians uh, manipulating how these things are counted? Is there an honest mistake going on here? Um, or are any of these folks, any of these folks involving and, and gathering and, and submitting these statistics, are any of them purposefully covering up you know what happened in a specific incident I think all this is worth looking at because and, and I say and I know this isn't an anti-police thing this is a if armed agents of the government are hurting people we need to make sure that there is a really really good reason for that and we can't casually dismiss Violence that comes from government. There's a bunch of violence that comes from non-governmental sources that comes from private citizens. I know and that's what police are meant to deal with. But I want to know 100% if the government is the source of violence, whether or not that was justified. Because we trust the government. Trust. I'm a. I. I would put aggressive air quotes in here. But we trust the government in theory with having a monopoly on the legitimate use of force that we allow the government to use violence to stop bad people so we don't have vigilantes enacting street justice, right? Like that's that's the whole point. That's in theory, that's the whole point of having a state. That's the whole point of allowing a state, a government to exist is to make sure that they are the only ones that can use violence in this way to stop bad people who would otherwise hurt innocent uh, people in our, our communities, right? So if they are abusing that privilege, if they are undercounting the number of people that they've killed, if they are killing people 
without having a justification for that if they are uh in or even if they have a justification for that is that the best outcome for our communities that's that's to me one of the core questions again this isn't a just a a, a liberal conservative thing either you know if if the the police are doing what they're doing in Australia and and you see, and you see that and they they're going after people slamming them onto the ground because they're not wearing their mask properly outside something st- stupid like that if they're not if the if the police are going out and doing that stuff too they because they have a legitimate use of of force in those areas and they're using that power they're abusing that power to hurt people who are by no means actually hurting someone else that's something we need to know that's something we need to roll back and the police doing that in the United States has been relatively limited, at least in response to COVID stuff, for the most part. It, it, it did happen a couple of times. Uh, and, and that type of thing, we need to know about. So if that certification system isn't working well, and again, a lot of it seems to be associated with people who are elected to you know act as coroner, who may not be qualified, who don't understand stuff, or... You know, maybe, again, have political reasons for not wanting to do this. We should know that data. I want to know that data in case there's a potential for abuse. And I, I, tried, I, I purposely led this off of the second, uh, as the second segment, talking about the, the, uh, the other study, too. Is that how do we make informed decisions about our lives if it's hard to trust the government to give us the data that we need to inform policy decisions and personal decisions. And not to say that everything that comes out of the government is nonsense, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you need to be able to look at what they're showing us, check it against other sources, and decide whether or not the information that our government is giving us is nonsense, whether or not we're being manipulated, whether or not we're being driven to come to certain conclusions based on data that isn't presented in good faith. Again, either manipulated, stuff being left out, or we're being outright lied to. Not making any of those specific ac- accusations about COVID data or anything else, just the police data right now because there's something to back this up. But we need to know the truth in these things. All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Again, we're live until 1 o'clock. Give us a call if you want to participate, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a little bit.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. They're hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on WYSL and WACK. Still no live streams yet, but we are live on WYSL, which you, you can apparently act, activate from like your, your smart devices too. You just have to ask them to, to, to play that. Um, but we're live here until 1 o'clock, so give us a call. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. What stories are we missing? What else should we be talking about today? Uh, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this, too, because I know I got some feedback, like, last week. Like, Kevin, why'd you spend the show not talking about the vaccine mandate? And I'm like, well, listen, I talked about it Monday. Larry talked about it Tuesday. Tim talked about it. Guys, I, I know the vaccine mandate's important. I, I know We've talked about it a ton, though. There, There is, in fact, other news that is impacting us. There's other things to think about. There is a massive, you know, spending bill that's on the horizon. It's going to cost us nothing, supposedly. But, you know, there's a massive spending bill on the horizon that we should talk about. All the things that it does with that. There's stuff going on with with, with, with Facebook and and. Well, you know, not just the the thing today, but also the uh, the hearings that are about how Facebook impacts you know children and whether or not uh, Facebook's own research showed that like their apps negatively impact children and what we should do about what the government should do about it. Like this all this does affect our day to day lives. So it's again, it's not to dismiss the the importance of the vaccine. It's just that there there are other things that I know. We should be paying attention to other issues that impact our liberty, including, you know, I, I, th- I think the Julian Assange thing was was important when Andrew and I talked about that last week. You know, we do need to do that. Um, we need to, <laughs> we do need to think about the ways in which our international spy organizations might be reclassifying journalism to treat them as essential treat. Journalists as essentially hostile intelligence agencies. That's a big development over the last few years that is extremely dangerous for a free press, which I point out historically, you know, hasn't always been the case in in the United States. It's something you have to keep fighting for. So, again, other news out there. Appreciate the feedback. I understand. I'm not ignoring that stuff. I, I feel like I, we've talked about it a bunch, but uh, I, I, it's not that I don't appreciate your feedback on that, on those issues. It's just that. There's other things too, and I want to diversify the show a bit. So I want to talk about the the, the USPS stuff because there's this uh, this new plan that's coming out, um, and you know, basically, the the whole plan is that they're 
they're they're gonna extend wait times and they're going to um increase prices for a few things, right? Now like part part like the libertarian in me is like, God, this government agency is gonna charge more money. The marketer in me kinda hates this too because you know, it's 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 going to make the stuff that I do Sometimes I dabble a bit in direct mail stuff. It's going to make the stuff I do more expensive. I don't like that. On the other hand, if the U.S. government weren't both subsidizing the post office and stymieing its ability to adapt to market conditions, we might have already seen this stuff. They, like the, 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 the shift may have already happened. It's going to, why, why are things the way they are in the post office uh the post office is it's like a a weird again sort of government organization uh that is controlled by congress and so when it wants to adapt to something like shifting its business model more aggressively to handle packages you know that's something that's harder for them to just do as a business in a way that like you know uh, a private you know, logistics company might be able to do, because the the fact of the matter is that there's less need for the kind of first class, you know, flat mail type of things, and there's more need for us getting stuff from Amazon or whatever, right? You know, like e-commerce is a a huge and continuously growing sector of the economy. I don't, it's not going away. Um, I, I think it's it's actually generally a good thing because a lot of e-commerce businesses are – it's not just Amazon. It's, it's, it's small businesses. It's people starting up T-shirt companies in the garages, making cool stuff and finding customers around the world. Awesome. The post office should have been and, – and in fact in many ways did benefit from that shift. It's more expensive to ship packages. The post office was in a – good position of it had the networks to be able to get stuff all around the country nice and easy instead they're 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 continuously losing ground to other services like you know ups and fedex and amazon developing its own delivery services which frankly you know are kind of weird sometimes but i like when i get a push notification on my phone that something is outside my front door they take a picture to prove that they put it there and then i don't have my you know thousand dollar laptop sitting on the front porch of my city house for several hours where it can get stolen like the item i got <laughs> delivered I, I ordered this uh this uh like little bill's baby onesie for my son and it i didn't get a notification when that landed on my front porch and so it got stolen it's a nice thing innovations in the market hard to do when you have the government micromanaging your processes so they're going to, you know, increase the the rate of uh, first class letters, increase the the rate of, you know, flats. So things like magazines, newspapers, they're going to increase, uh, you know, some of the, the 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 other package shipping costs. I I find it frustrating, but I get that this is a way to catch up and make up costs because of the way that they were structured. Now, if we did, I've been on this soapbox before, so forgive me, folks who've seen this before. But if we just, guys, if we just privatized it. Privatize it like you know, like places like what they do in like like, like Germany and 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 I think like Czech is partially privatized. Or the, the Denmark has partially privatized their postal service. There's so many ways, so many other countries that have just said this doesn't need to be a government function. That it is possible for us to just let private companies handle this. That if private companies were given the ability 
to deliver mail because it is illegal for you know UPS and 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 FedEx and, and other delivery companies to deliver the mail. If we if we did this, if we allowed this, then or at least didn't micromanage the USPS getting a monopoly on this service, we might end up with something more efficient, something where taxpayers don't have to subsidize this. We might get something where it is possible for them to be able to adapt to new conditions because that's one of one of the many problems with government is that if you have to wait for Congress to decide something or even a large bureaucracy to decide something, that conditions in the society that we live in today uh, based on, you know, global shipping trends based on, you know, just new tech, technological developments based on a whole number of factors that I can't even describe because I don't know all of this myself. I'm not a shipping and logistics expert. I work in the, the digital side. I sell stuff sometimes. And then, you know, my, the, my clients have to figure out ways to get that stuff to people. And then I buy stuff, obviously, too. But, you know, the, I don't know all this stuff. But there are experts out there who aren't in Congress because members of Congress cannot possibly know everything. No matter how smart they are, no matter how smart their staffs are, they cannot possibly know everything. Nor can they act quick enough, nor can they come to a consensus quick enough to be able to allow these services to be able to adapt to conditions on the ground. They can't do that and let these companies thrive or let the USPS thrive. If you want the USPS or to do well, to be able to continue serving our nation, the best thing they can do is cut them loose. It's the best thing that we could do. I know it sounds scary for, for leftists. I've even got yelled at by some conservatives by this. But the best thing you could do, just privatize it. Just let them be able to adapt to market conditions at hand and allow these companies to innovate, move, change prices, and experiment in a way that is not possible right now. Experiment in ways that Socialist Europe allows their postal services to do, for goodness sakes. It doesn't, doesn't have to be this way. Government, once again, is not the, the quickest or best entity to put in charge of our day-to-day -day decisions, of our ability to do business, of our ability to interact with one another. Don't put government in charge of it. All right, so that's all I got for that segment. Guys, uh, thanks again for listening here on A Free Solution. One more segment after this. Give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. 
They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. All right, welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson Oster today. Again, thanks for joining us here on WYSL until 1 o'clock. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. If you want to chat about any of the issues of the day, shout out down the line to our friends over at WACK out in work. Thank you all for listening today. Since we don't have our live streams, I'll have to, to post a podcast later. You can always find us on the podcasts. Uh, any podcasting app, you should be able to just look for a free solution. I, I had to play some catch-up. I, I got behind a couple weeks because of some stuff going on, but I got them back up. should be able to find all the recent episodes up there. And and I was told by my producer during the break that if you're, you're going to talk to one of those smart devices and, and ask them to play the live stream of the show, you have to say WYSL 1040. You can't just say WYSL. You got to say WYSL 1040, and then it finds it. You know, if you ask the you know one one of your you know Echo devices or Google devices or whatever to to play the radio show. All right. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So other stories of the day. Again, we we still have this lingering issue of a three point five trillion dollar spending bill that's out there, which is, I know it's, I I, I say this every time I start. <laughs> Start to look at like what our spending bills look like. It would be, you know, the largest spending bill in American history is supposed to address, you know, uh, climate change and whatnot. And what's what's unreal about this is is, and I, I'm sure you've seen this headline before. It's been going around. Is, is Joe Biden saying that it's going to cost zero dollars? And that's not a headline exaggerating. What he said, his actual tweet was, quoting the official POTUS Twitter, he says, My Build Back Better agenda costs zero dollars. Instead of wasting money on tax breaks, loopholes, and tax evasion for big corporations and wealthy, we can make a once-in-a-generation investment in working America. And it costs zero do- and it adds zero dollars to the national debt. Listen, any politician who's ever said that about any spending bill is usually full of it. Like, almost, like... Probably ninety nine point nine percent, at least at the federal level, you know, maybe maybe there's some that are, are, are revenue neutral from the from the standpoint of government, right? Like it's never really revenue neutral because what they mean when it's going to like cost zero dollars to add zero dollars to national, of course it's going to cost money. They've got to get that from somewhere. There's only two ways to do it: either you extract that from the American economy, you steal that from people, or you take on debt. Those are the only two ways. There's there's no there's no third option here. You either either steal that money from folks through taxes, or you take on debt. Only two means the government has to spend money. There's no third option there. So this is nonsense, and 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 it, it's weird that Democrats, at least the Biden Democrats, buy into this narrative and 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 start to say that this is. 
something that's you know they <laughs> that they that, that they can believe it, it's i i don't get how you can i can do that now of course you you got all this stuff that that's in the plan as well stuff that that we should be uh thinking about um you know we're in in by the way this is this is supposedly the moderate compromise right so like the progressives they they wanted to spend more than this like which is which is a fun tactic, right? Like I, I get this tactic. I understand that. I say, oh well, you know, like we 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 really uh, cut it down the size. We, you know, they're, they're, the the radicals in Congress they wanted to spend you know four or four and a half trillion. They they wanted to spend way more. So like this is the moderate plan, the biggest you know spending bill in American history still. But this is the moderate plan. So you should be thankful for that. Uh, no, it's in. So it's going to have a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, they're talking about more stuff for uh, human infrastructure, which is, I mean, it's not, it's not infrastructure, right? Like it's like the, 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 the friendly way of putting it is like investing in people, right? Investing in, um, I, I don't even like using it. It's taking money and, and giving to other people. Community colleges, preschools, healthcare, uh, all that stuff. Uh, you know, expanding subsidies for electric vehicles, expanding subsidies for uh, things like, you know, uh, green infrastructure in terms of solar panels. You know, uh, wind turbines, things like that. Uh, which, again, the easiest thing that we could do if we wanted to actually remove some of the carbon producing infrastructure in terms of energy production if you if you were serious about wanting to move away from natural gas or you know oil burning stuff or whatever right like just you even need to invest in nuclear so much as make it easier for these places to actually open or not close down existing nuclear plants like they're doing with with Indian Point and and others around the country that that's all you need to do you, you just need to get out of the way so you know I'm, I'm looking forward to well I would I would love if if libertarians and and concert like-minded conservatives too could get into these conversations about like these issues it's like all right fine you want to do that thing like here's here's the solution right here you just need to step out of the way and instead of Take a bunch of my money and spending it on these things that are harder to scale up. If you really want to get out of the the carbon producing, you know, energy sector, just get slightly less out of the way of nuclear. That's all you got to do. I'll be curious to see if uh, Larry uh, Larry Sharp ends up talking about any of these things as they relate to New York State. He he was in uh, Rochester yesterday. You know, was was only there for like an hour. Um, so it's a fun event, you know, just be able to, to, to kind of hear some of Larry's policy proposals, talk about these things. But, but he did talk about his plan is, is mostly that with a lot of things. It's, it's get people out of the way, get government out of the way, don't use mandates, don't use coercion, and find appropriate incentives for good behavior, right? That's, and then don't, don't add new taxes, all good things. Uh, so he's he's exploring a, a run for governor right now, I guess. Um, so 
you, you can see the video of his event on his uh, Larry Sharp page. This is just a mild tangent. I'm just thinking about how we talk about this stuff. If you wanna, if you wanna speak to these folks and you want to to think about how we can actually address problems, it doesn't take us spending trillions of dollars on this. And and I need to. I mean, uh, honestly, maybe Andrew and I will do a show on this later this week, or Tim and I can do it. Like, we need to like go through all this stuff. And there's there's so many alternatives to how we can do stuff. Like, there's there's that other thing that's a uh, that the gas or not the gas tax, the the per mileage tax on on cars, right? Because the problem is, is that right now with people shifting to electric vehicles and um, and and cars becoming more efficient. We're starting to pay less in gas tax. Oh, no, they, the government could take less money from us. The gas tax is what pays for the roads, though, and we, we sure want a whole bunch of roads. So their new way of doing that is looking at a mileage tax, which, of course, will be a, a tax on some of the poorest Americans, too. It's going to be a tax on everyone. Joe Biden promised not to tax uh, you know, all of us uh, folks who aren't super rich. Well, guess what? That's what that is. A mileage tax, is that, that's what that is. Now, I would be more open to that if they eliminated a whole bunch of other taxes, not in addition to, and I don't like the thought of how this is actually going to be implemented, tracked, how we can report it. It's going <laughs> there's all these but again, there's all these solutions that, that make sense where if you want to address issues of climate, if you want to address issues of inequity, if you want to uh, address issues of infrastructure, it doesn't require government taking our money and or taking on more debt, which is really just taking our children's money, it doesn't require trillions of dollars. The, the government would have you think that they are the only ones who can fix these things and that the only way we can fix this is with more mandates, is with more coercion, is with more theft. No, there are free solutions available. There are opportunities for us to address some of the issues that are legitimate, some less so, but some of the issues that are legitimate without the use of force by using freedom, by finding free solutions. All right, there we go. All right, that, that got, got, got the tagline in again. All right, thanks again for joining us on A Free Solution, though. Appreciate all of y'all being here. We'll post a podcast later. If you miss part of the show, you normally go and, and listen to it on Facebook. We'll post a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go look up A Free Solution. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, I think Andrew is actually going to be in tomorrow. Uh, and I'll be back on Wednesday. Talk to you then.